Hi everyone, um, my name is Paul Corbett from Charles Ferriman Company. Um, I'm joined today on our reformatted um, online brewery resource roadshow days. We're, uh, we're getting in touch with all of our partners that we work with to have a chat about the products and the services that they're offering and how the things have changed over the last few months. Um, I'm joined today by Ian Kenny. Welcome Ian. Uh, from Hi Paul. Memphis. I'm sure you're all aware who Murphy's are, but Ian, perhaps you could just introduce yourself and uh, tell us uh, what you do at, uh, at Murphy's. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Uh, my name is Ian Kenny, and I am a new head of technical at Murphy & Son. Uh, so at the moment, my job role, I'm primarily looking after the laboratories and basically anything technical that's happening in and about Murphy's. Fantastic, fantastic. So new... Uh, head of uh, uh, means that you've obviously changed around. So has there been a few staff changes in Mur within Murphy's, or is that just yourself that's moved around? Uh, yeah, there's been quite a few. Um, obviously, they're relevant to uh, your customers, just as they are sort of everybody else out and about in the world. There. So I was previously the uh, technical sales rep for the Midlands, um, and as of you lose track of time, don't you? In lockdown, that's a, that's a problem. <laughs> uh, as of sort of May, I became May June time. I became uh, head of technical. I was already taking on more duties uh, in house at Murphy's, uh, and I was replaced by Steph Brindley, whose first day at Murphy's was actually the day before the office doors closed <laughs> in March last year for the yeah. Uh, for the lockdown so uh yeah it's not the easiest of introductions and I, I think she's done three or four brewery visits when she's actually been allowed to meet people in person but now Steph's uh knocking about now and looking after the Midland customers for us uh and recently as well uh Matt Henney who many people probably know for our sort of southern customers uh he's just left us so we're currently recruiting for a technical sales rep um to cover the south for us um as matt has moved to uh, a new role at st hostel so we wish him oh, all right. of that okay very good okay. yeah um, and nick braden is there as as per usual uh, in the north okay so, uh, <laughs> excellent excellent okay so sounds like a few changes but um uh, that's all good so we we look we're looking really to sort of uh, in these in these chats to, to sort of work out what's been changing what's new what uh, what's been happening over the last few months particularly i suppose during the lockdown period um and um you know is there's something uh, that brewers are looking at in particular in terms of uh, uh, what they need from you and i think you sort of mentioned salsa and fsq is that uh, that's something you've been doing a bit more of is that right uh, yeah, because obviously with my new role, I'm in the laboratory a lot more day to day and we're doing a hell of a lot of analysis at the moment for brewers that are doing salsa audits, FSQ. Um, I think SIBA in particular deserve a bit of credit for how they're working with brewers to get these audits done and passed and through. But now we're getting a lot of uh, analysis for ABVs, ATNCs, microbiology. And I, I think, you know, it's just brewers are, are using the downtime to get the house in order, really, and, you know, making sure they've ticked the boxes. Um, water analysis is popular as ever um, in the lab. We've, we've also had a huge influx of home brewers uh, through the lockdown looking to get their water analysis done uh, and crack on with some brewing. But, yeah, we, we've done a lot of the... Uh, analysis ready for brewers and helping them get their salsa accreditations or 
um, FSQ. And Salsa in particular is pretty useful if you want to sell small pack beer as well. So yeah. obviously, if you've got that as a route to market, which has been hugely important, it's making sure that you've got that in place has been important. Yeah, and, and as you say, I think during lockdown, when things are a little bit quieter, it's an ideal time to get these things all done and sorted through so that when we are busy, you can pick back up and just concentrate on brewing beer rather than worrying about uh, uh, getting getting in order for, for, for audits. But uh, no, it's great. Um, and uh, anything new in the market? New products coming out? New, uh, uh, new things you're looking at about hard seltzers? Is that something you're finding a lot of interest in? Uh, yes, we noticed uh, about 18 months ago how big hard seltzers were in the States. Um, and we think as a, as a beverage, um, they're going to be pretty important to brewers uh, moving forward. Um, as, a, as a basic principle, really, they're pretty straightforward, as in it's just fermented sugar water. Um, one of the things of the trends coming from the States is the most important thing is um, making sure that there is low calories possible. So it seems to be that the key to a successful salsa to start with seems to be uh, um, under 100 calories per serving. Um, and we've we've been doing a lot of work with different sugar bases. So we're hoping um, by the time sort of summer properly kicks in and lockdown opens up, to have a full range of uh, sugars for people to experiment with different uh, sugar combinations to fit their plant or the flavor that they're after. Um, and we're also doing a lot of work because hard seltzers as a thing present actually a bit of a challenge in terms of fermentation because obviously sugar gives absolutely nothing other than carbohydrate to the yeast. So in terms of fermentations, you'd be looking at um, needing to add sufficient minerals vitamins uh, and obviously what you'd normally get in brewing from the malt the huge lot of nitrogen that comes from the malt as well that's all completely deficient um, and then the other thing that's important when you're making seltzers is you've obviously got to think about buffering the fermentation because if you hit um, basically if it's just sugar water as opposed to sort of a full malt brew there's not no compounds in there to maintain a sort of reasonable pH for the yeast so particularly if you're making a higher strength one the yeast will quite happily ferment away very quickly and then you'll end up with a stuck fermentation because the pH has dropped too far and it's too acidic for the yeast to give a good fermentation yeah, so yeah. these are sort of issues that we're getting to grips with in the lab and obviously because it's a perfectly clear alcoholic water you're going down to base principles of solubility of uh, yeast foods and different compounds and what can you use in these uh, beverages so yeah we're doing a lot of work at the minute because we think particularly as the weather warms up Celsius are going to be a, a big thing big thing yeah yeah absolutely it's just a shame they don't put any hops in them that's all I can say <laughs> uh, I think there are actually a few in the states that use use some hops in I think that's a bit of a thing but yeah it it seems to be uh I, I will confess it's an alien beverage to me because the whole idea is that it doesn't really taste of anything and can be adjusted at the end and whatever flavours people like added then. Added in, yeah, yeah. Kind of strange really to think that, that that's the, the way forward. But obviously people are enjoying them in the States. It seems to be ma um, amazingly uh, um, popular out there and, and growing still, even though, it's, uh, even though it's a large part of the market now. 
Yeah, and I, th I think the other thing is, obviously, in the States, I think there's legislation that you can't make Alka Pops in the way that we do in the UK now. Right. So it's sort of grown out of that as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also hear that you've been hard at work on uh, BRC and uh, you're, try you're, you're, you're getting close to getting accredited for BRC. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, the British Retail Consortium. So we are, uh, we did complete our audit last week. Um, and we're just waiting for the official stamp to say we've passed, but everything says we've done really well and got a good pass. Okay. Uh, basically, like a lot of our brewing customers, when we said before about the FSQ and the salsa, uh, we've also been working hard, getting our systems in place, uh, getting everything right. So what BRC basically offers to our customers is peace of mind that somebody is coming uh, externally to us uh, running through our systems to check that we've got traceability right from raw materials, supplier auditing, um, you know, every bit of material is tracked through the factory. We know who's done what, where to everything. We know that it's been packaged well, um, even down to like shelf life verification. So we know that the shelf life that we put on our products is the actual shelf life of our products. Yeah. Um, so it's it's the full gambit. So it's been a huge effort, uh, I'd say for everybody at Murphy's, but as well, the guys in the quality department have, have put a real huge effort into getting us ready for that and getting us through it. Okay. So it It'd be great to get that certificate to say that that's all gone through. And uh, I'm sure you'll you'll all have deserved it with all the hard work you put in. I know how much effort has to go into these things to get them uh, to get them uh, done. So it's a and it's a real, as you say, real assurance for your customers that. Uh, um, that you're doing the right thing. So well, well done to you guys. That's really good, really good. Um, uh, on other other products, uh, what else are you noticing in the market? Anything on low alcohol? Uh, yeah. Uh, again, I think just like people are taking the opportunity when things have been a bit quieter to uh, get things in order. I think there's there's a bit of pressure off for experimentation and things. Yeah. So we are starting to see it. A, a bit of a trend towards the low alcohol as well um so we've been particularly we get asked quite a bit about products like sorbates or potassium sorbate for helping uh basically stop fermentation at packaging and, and preserving um beer as it goes into small pack but I, th I think there is still a lot of development work to go on there and there's, there's a lot of sort of breweries sort of cracking on having a look i know there are some uh, yeast strains that some some customers are starting to use to have a look and see what flavors they can get but yeah i think it's a combination of market demand i can't see that going away mm. um and i think uh just having innovation coming from brewers because they're the guys that drive the innovation at the end of the day really yeah so yes yeah, yeah i see a big future for the low alcohol stuff people are very very getting very health orientated and looking more towards um products that that, that that aren't so quite so negative impact on the health and I think also um, at the other end of it though we're also seeing quite a lot of high alcohol more intensely flavored beers you know the, the imperial stouts the porters all these sort of beers that are coming I'm, I'm, I must admit through lockdown I've drank a lot more of those styles of beers because instead of going to the pub and drinking five or six pints you might sit at home and have one or two stronger beers I mean is there any work that's going on with those uh, stronger beers, you know, we've done it again. We do a lot of the ABV testing for those um, different yeast strains. Um, 
But I'm a bit of a Yorkshireman. To me, you still can't beat it. Well, stereotypical Yorkshireman, should I say. You still can't beat a nice pint of bitter. There you go. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. No, in I'm, my I'm world. So I, I'm there. pleased. I think there's... Uh, uh, we are starting to see, we do a, a lot of uh, analysis for uh, a lot of the craft breweries and we are starting to see a few best bitters starting to creep in. Um, so, we, we, you know, we had one recently from Daya um, yeah. coming through the system. So, yeah. yeah, quite interesting. I think that a lot of the, the brewers who have done the, the very highly hopped uh, are looking perhaps now something a little bit different. A little bit different is perhaps coming back towards those best bitters, those more traditional flavours uh, that uh, have been not ignored, but have been on the on the wane a little bit over the last few years. Yeah, I hope so. Anyway. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Especially as we get back into the pubs and start to uh, to drink cast beer again, I think that'll uh, um, help as well. You know, people start, I oh, can't wait to get back there, but... Uh, I think a lot of people now will start to uh, um, drool about the day they can go back into the pub and have a, a, a pint of cask. And uh, not too far away now, hopefully, I mean, we've, we've got the, uh, the um, open air garden options now, but not nothing inside at the moment. Hopefully that'll be not too far away if everything goes to plan. So fingers crossed on that. Yeah, and obviously for us with the... Um eyes and glass it, it has been a daily debate and continues to be a daily debate of mm. when do we start and make it because it's uh, a two-week turnaround basically from uh, starting production to um, sort of having finished products coming out at the other end and obviously particularly as as brewers are feeling the way for it themselves they want optimum shelf life on the eyes and glass as it comes in it's you know it's only sort of eight to ten weeks shelf life from manufacture so it's uh yeah it's been a sort of daily discussion now since sort of february time um and we, we we have some guys that i think actually really do quite like making it so they're getting a bit trigger happy every two minutes they want to get a uh, they want to get a batch on yeah so get it's uh, yeah but i'm surprised actually well not surprised because it's uh, a thought that i hold um that i have been doing quite a few sort of lectures and discussions um particularly with brewers at different universities and stuff throughout the lockdown um on the good old zoom uh and most a lot of the brewers now are, are starting to relax a little bit about eyes in glass um yeah. and sort of mainly focus, focusing on the fact that it's a natural product you know it's not a uh, anything that that's going to put any sort of nasty compounds down the drain or whatever when you come to deal with it and i think that sort of is coming through particularly as like i said the fish is dying anyway yeah. uh for fishing it is a sort of waste product that adds an extra income to people yeah, yeah. um so yeah i think uh i would say that i think there's sort of a softening Yes, it was uh, quite a phase where we went through, which was quite anti-isinglass, wasn't it? So that 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 seems to be coming back a bit, which is good news. Yeah, and it, it's understandable because uh, obviously the vegan thing is is quite big. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's that's not going away. Don't get me wrong; it's not going to become the new hottest product ending. But I, I do think that you know it is as the whole environmental discussion comes up more, and we as brewers are going to have to start and become more aware of um, different compounds and what's what and waste products and things like that. And I think things like the energy saving impact of rising glass and the fact that it's a natural compound at the end of the day will start to come in. And yeah. I don't think it's dead yet. Yeah. 
Very good. <laughs> okay, excellent. Okay, and what about ALDC? Uh, yeah, uh, alpha acetolactate decarboxylase. Yeah, so <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, this is again something that we. Um, it's an enzyme that we've we've sort of carried for for a long time. Um, so you you add it to wort at the start of fermentation, and, and what it does is it basically shortcuts uh, the reaction for one diastyle formation in the first place. So it means that uh, diastyle is less likely to form in beer, so you're not getting that sort of flavour coming through on the fermentation. Uh, but we are starting to see, and we are working with brewers a lot more, particularly in America, with um, additions of ALDC with the dry hop post-fermentation. Uh, and a lot of that is just adding extra protection for dry hop creep. So that added fermentation, well, you, you, you Paul, will add it uh, this will be sort of your bread and butter conversations that you're having with people. So as they're adding the dry hop, uh, for it has been noticed in some beers that you are getting an increase or an elevated level of diastyle uh, for whatever reason with sugars released from the hops, just giving an extra bit of fermentation that stresses the yeast out a bit to kick out diastyle. So, you know, we have done a lot of work with brewers to add ALDC with the dry hop to give it added protection to sort of try and prevent that happening because right. at the end of the day you know if you're going through the hassle of actually fermenting a beer and you've got nice hops that you want to throw in there to get this real good dry hop you don't want to risk spoiling that by sort of dark style creeping in and there's been quite a bit of work done uh, here and in the states on uh, kilning temperatures um, over the last few years the growers have been being encouraged to kiln at lower temperatures to um, increase the flavour and aroma coming out of the hops. Now that's great, but you do then you don't flash off these these uh, extra sugars that are in there and extra uh, uh, enzymes that will act uh, and give you hop creep. So yeah. there is a there is a correlation between the lower kilning temperatures, I think, and the uh, the increase of hop creep in beers. So um, I think over the you know over the next few years we might see a little bit more of the kiln temperatures creeping up. We, there was a study that we went, uh, we saw um, uh, a couple of years ago that was showing that actually, if you increase the kilning temperatures, there wasn't a lot of additional um, a loss in flavour. There wasn't any loss in flavour, in fact, on on most of them. So uh, the advantages of the kilning at higher temperatures is 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 huge because obviously then we cut out the risk of the hop creep. So yeah. It's all, it's all intermingled these things, isn't it? You tweak one thing and another thing pops up the other side. So it's. Uh, um, it's going backwards to come forwards, if you like, with the warming uh, uh, yeah. temperatures. But it's all good stuff. Um, but uh, no, I really appreciate uh, you ca catching up with us today, Ian, and taking some time to talk. I know that we've had a great relationship at Ferrums with Murphys over the years. Um, I've been uh, involved since Ray Alton's days. Uh, you won't remember Ray, but he was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had a beer with Ray in the past. Yeah. Good man. Good. Well, Ray. Um, uh, Ray was the guy who first introduced us to to Murphy's and suggested we stock a few of the products. And and since then we've had a very good relationship together. So if anybody who, who's listening doesn't realise, we do stock up full range of Murphy's products at uh, firms. And the service on the lab services is a full backup service to any customers that buy your products through. Yeah, our, our, our technical sales reps um, just, you know, it, it's, if they buy product from you, it's like they're our customer. 
yeah. Uh, yeah. That that's the sort of relationship that we have. So, you know, there's if the problem comes up or if there's something that they need a bit of consultancy or a bit of help with, you know, please do get in touch with us. Um, yeah. Hopefully, if we have a hot walk at some point, <laughs> uh, you'll yeah, fingers crossed, uh, you'll be able to come and see us. Uh, because we'll have a stand there and, and meet the sales reps or whatever. But yeah, if in doubt, get in touch with you guys at Farums and then they can pass things up. We, we do have quite a good information flow and query flow uh, between the two of us. So yeah, it works really well. All good. All right, Ian. Well, um, say thank you very much for joining me today. And uh, I hope everybody who's been listening has had an uh, um, uh, interesting uh, catch up with us. And hopefully they've learned a few things. And if they need any help, then, of course, please get in touch with Ian or anybody here at Ferrums uh, and the team at Murphy's and uh, get, it, uh, get, it, get your answers to your questions. But uh, in the meantime, I hope that hot walk goes away ahead in September. <laughs> Fingers yeah, crossed. We might actually be able to have a pint in a pub. That'd be nice, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. It won't be long. It won't be long. Fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, so thanks, Ian. And we'll catch up again soon. Okay, thanks very much. That's brilliant. Thank you. Cheers.